want someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Hey, if you've been listening to us in May, you know this is the month of more on the Get Ready for the Future show, as in your retirement should be more. As we close out the month this Memorial Day weekend, we're going in-depth on our belief that your retirement should be more personal. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And a happy Memorial Day weekend all across Arkansas and northwest Louisiana. We are glad to have you in on another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. To my right is... John Shrewsbury, and to his right is Janet Walker. To my left, Austin Evans with us in the broadcast booth here today, broadcasting from beautiful Bryant, Arkansas, all across the state. Hope you're having that great weekend. Hey, do want to take a moment right off the top to say a happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you're getting some downtime, some relaxation, ushering in summer as the unofficial kickoff always happens this time of year. But we also want to hope that uh, you are taking some time to reflect on what this day coming on Monday is all about and uh, thinking about and honoring those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom of this country. And, you know, we talk about sacrificing for financial freedom here, so it's a concept we're familiar with. But when you talk about the ultimate sacrifice, guys, uh, this is a really good time to think about the blessing that it is not only to live in this country today, but to have had people throughout the past history of this country be willing to lay down their life for uh, the freedom and the and the future of this country. Yeah, absolutely. I've always said that that Memorial Day is a day that we get to celebrate the sacrifice that that other people did for us. And and it's kind of ironic that you know it's turned into uh, the beginning of summer and boating and, and yeah, cookouts yeah. and all of that type of thing. But it is very uh, sobering to think about the the sacrifices that have been made. So we get to do what we get to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a brother who who served for 25 years in the military, and and I, I think about and I know this is not the purpose of this holiday, uh, but I, I think about even the sacrifices that those who did get to come home mm-hmm. made, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and every day that they're out there is a sacrifice because they're away from their family. Um, so I would say take the time to thank those people who did mm-hmm. get to come home, and then obviously honoring those who who didn't. Yeah, and many people got to come home because of the sacrifice yeah, of others. Absolutely. There's no question about that. You hear stories about this, this, that this weekend as well. We are finishing up our month of more. May has been the month of more, and we've been discussing each week a different element to what we mean at GenWealth when we say your retirement should be more. Today's topic is more personal, and we're going to talk about lots of different ways and lots of different meanings behind that. I wanted to kind of set us up with uh, with this story, because when I thought about what more personal means to me, I, I thought about this uh, experience I had fairly recently with two different rental car companies. I'm not going to name either one of them, but I, I do rent <laughs> I cars. I can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> you, you probably have a few stories, too. We do, we do. But this is really just about... A customer service on the front end of scheduling or uh, making an appointment or making a reservation. I use a particular company locally here to travel with when I do my work with the Razorbacks. And, yeah. and, and I don't usually take my own car. I used to for years and then realized why am I doing that and getting mileage and changing cars every four or five years. So I've been renting cars for several years now. And there is a gentleman who I talk to every time who knows who I am. He knows why I'm calling because he sees the schedule of the Razorbacks. Right. He knows how many days I need it. He's got all of my information intact. It is a pleasurable experience to call and talk to him, and he knows what I want. He's also definitely uh, working for me to try to get me the best deal because I'm a, a frequent customer. Well, for some reason, I got a little clouded in my head one day, and I called the wrong company. I just picked up the, I Googled the number and, and had the wrong company, a different company, and I made the phone call to a local branch of that company, and I got the inevitable automated answering service, right? Yep. I pressed the button to get to the local agent, 
and I asked for the guy who I was expecting to answer the phone, and she said he, he she didn't know who that was, and I'm still lost in my thought, and I didn't realize I'd called the wrong company. <laughs> so I'm like, well, they let him go, or he left. What happened to my guy? And so I said, I need to make a reservation. She said, okay, hold on just a minute. And she sent me to the National Automated response to set a reservation when I had talked to her and she was local and I I was flabbergasted by that so long story short I, I ended up realizing that I'd called the wrong company and I got back to my guy but the difference in that experience when you talk about what we're going to be talking about today more personal that meant something to me in a very transactional yeah I just need a reservation for a rental car talking to somebody I knew who knew me who knew my needs and wants versus a computer system where I was going to punch one made a huge yeah, difference. I mean, that's that's something that it's not going to affect you even five weeks down right. the road, much less five years, 30 years into retirement. No future impact, but it still mattered to you. Yeah. So how much more does it matter when we're talking about things that are going to impact you for years to come? And from a business standpoint, I think your story really points out that there's got to be a balance between efficiency and service. And we're all using technology more and more and more. And there was for a while this craze in our industry of, oh, well, everything's going to go the way of the robo-advisor and and all of that type of thing. And, Austin, I just don't think people want that kind of level of interaction with a machine. No, no, you can't replace that human contact. Um, I think of it, you know, when you're born into this world, you want human contact immediately. And I think that just stays with us the rest of our lives. And when it comes to our our personal finances and our retirement, you don't want a robot, you know, just punching in numbers and you're just a transaction on that on that wheel, so to speak. Austin, I think about what you're doing with, with my son uh-huh. right now. He, Austin is taking some time to do some personal training with our son. And, you know, everything that you're teaching him, frankly, is stuff that he could learn from yeah. YouTube. Yeah. You know, it's out yeah. there. And YouTube is more personal mm-hmm. than robo stuff, yeah. you yeah. know, but still... He has chosen, I mean, we're driving him, what, 25 minutes Mm -hmm. to go to your house and spend that time. He's not old enough to drive, so Mm -hmm. there's 25 minutes back. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a couple of hours Mm -hmm. out of the day between drive time and actual time spent with you, but it is worth it for that personal Mm -hmm. relationship. It makes all the difference in the world because everything is personalized Mm -hmm. for him. Everything's personalized. And going back to, yes, you could look up online because the uh, technology has just knowledge at our fingertips all over the place but uh, going to that person who it's another set of eyes they take away whatever emotional baggage you bring to it and can look at it from a logical standpoint that sometimes you can't look at uh, personally internally well and and automation requires cookie cutter process it it just does it requires that that you conform to this mold Mm -hmm. to this box that that they have to put you in to fit the the automated you know deal and and i think when it comes to retirement the the details matter the details clearly matter when you're sitting there talking about well we want to make sure that we do uh, that we set aside money for this trip or we want to make sure that our legacy is intact for our children or whatever the case may be those are all details and and fine details oftentimes that we get into in financial planning that make a huge difference as far as as the client is concerned and that's why I think we will always need to have a personal experience, especially when you're investing. Well, when you talk about where we've been in the month of more, last week we talked about more clarity. And when you talk about Googling something, finding it on yeah. YouTube, you can find a lot of information out there. But when you get burdened or basically weighed down by all that noise, the clarity is hard to find. And then that's likely because you're not getting a more personal experience, seeing it face-to-face, seeing someone as they talk to you and explain something to you. So we're going to be talking about that in depth today. Your retirement should be more personal, and it starts with a written plan. You hear us talk about it all the time, but the importance of a written plan, personalized, customized to you and your dreams and your desires. We'll dive into that when we continue on the show next. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust. 
who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Talking legislation in today's fastest four minutes in investing. You know, John, we've talked an awful lot about the uh, tax law that passed, the new tax law at the end of 2017. And that has gotten a lot of media headlines. A lot of talk has been uh, brought out in uh, public for that. But there's a, a, another bill that just recently passed both the House and Senate and is and is headed to President Trump for a signature that's, I don't think, getting maybe flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah. So if you go back to the financial crisis, there was legislation that was passed uh, that was called the Dodd-Frank legislation, and it really uh, put a lot of restrictions and regulations on banks all across the country. Mm-hmm. And what happened from that was regional banks and smaller banks really struggled to be able to meet those regulations. The big boys, they all had the the money and the power and the ability to actually weather the storm of those regulations. Well, the the regional banks and small banks have been heard in Congress, and it's one of those few bipartisan things that we've seen happen in Congress lately where they did pass this legislation to ease up some of the regulatory pressures on these regional banks. And so we expect some increased activity in the regional bank area because of that. So possibly some positive change in the banking industry. Now, it did not go as far as I think the president wanted it to go, but right. there, what are some of the what are some of the effects that, as we look at our partners at LPL Research, what are they saying this could provide? Well, John Lynch, our chief investment strategist at, at uh, LPL Research, says that they this is going to create some tailwind or some push to actually improve the situation for small and mid-sized banks. And we've already seen a lot of activity in some locally based banks that have just uh, grown over the over the last four or five six years uh, almost exponentially and this is just going to help that situation and Scott I think that we're going to see uh, some increase in merger and acquisition activity we're going to see some increased profits by those banks because now they're actually going to not have to spend so much money on trying to meet these onerous regulations. And I think that we'll also see that uh, they have more lending capacity. Mm -hmm. And that could be good for the economy because, as you well know, uh, businesses need capital and they go to banks to get that capital. If these regulations suppressed the lending activity of banks, then we could see actually more business being done as a result of this regulation that was passed on a bipartisan basis. So potentially a positive impact on the banking industry itself a positive impact on the economy and then what about investing that that the regional bank uh, sector has been a place that we've favored for a while now. We we have, and and we believe those tailwinds could potentially show up in the investing area. And so we have uh, at uh, GenWealth and through LPL Research, we have utilized investments in regional banks over the last two or three years and have had good results from that. Now, past performance is not indicative of future results, but the 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 stars are beginning to align, and and some positive things are happening in this sector that could give us an opportunity to to really do well going forward. Okay, so stepping out real quickly, and we have a little bit less than a minute left from the legislation that we're focusing on in the fastest four to the rising interest rate environment and how that plays a role as well when it comes to banks. Yeah, we've had a tick up in rising interest rates and and that has begun to help savers just a little bit. We're Mm -hmm. seeing higher uh, CD rates. We're seeing higher money market rates and things of that nature. The balance is is that you don't want interest rates to get too far ahead of themselves Mm -hmm. and begin to hurt the economy. That lending that we were talking about earlier, that lending needs to go on, but it doesn't need to be at such a price that it impacts the, the business owner where they make a decision, I'm not going to borrow that money and expand my business. And we haven't really seen that spike, which is what they're trying to keep uh, in check. Yes. All right, so a quick look at the fastest four minutes in investing for our radio side. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. 
the studios of the Gen Wealth Radio Network. Back to the Get Ready for the Future show. I want to invite you to our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop coming up on June 19th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. We're talking about a roadmap to retirement. Very appropriate with our discussion as we head into this segment talking about a written plan. A written plan for retirement is your roadmap to retirement. But the great thing about this presentation, this workshop, is it's really an all-ages workshop. You know, I think a lot of people, I, we, we just had a, a workshop a couple of weeks ago, the 10 things you need before need to know before retirement. And it's a little more retirement-focused. We did have young folks in the room. There's certainly things they need to know. They just may not be applicable to them if they're in their 30s or 40s. Well, this roadmap to retirement workshop is all about the different mile markers that you will cross on your way to retirement. Because here's the bottom line. We're all headed there. We're all on a journey to retirement. We might as well have a plan for it and understand where we need to be at each decade of life to make it there. Finding your destination in retirement requires a roadmap. And that roadmap to retirement is a great opportunity no matter what your age, 30s, 40s, 50s, right on the cusp of retirement. I would even say in retirement, yeah. a good opportunity to see some, see some things of uh, where you need to be on that journey. So if you want to join us there, and we certainly encourage you to do it soon, to go ahead and sign up at GetReadyForTheFuture.com because space is limited and we're still a couple of weeks out from this. So it's a good opportunity to go ahead and reserve your seat. 6.30 is the start time. Folks usually get there a little bit early to go ahead and start uh, eating their dinner. Presentation usually lasts about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Can last longer. We're obviously there to answer questions as long as you like. Bring your questions and get some great education. Education is the focus. No products will be sold. Nothing is going to be uh, revolving around a sales presentation. June 19th, 6.30, Crown Plaza. GetReadyForTheFuture.com is the place to sign up. So we're talking this final weekend of May, the month of more on the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about how your retirement should be more personal. And we mentioned in the end of the last segment, guys, that it revolves first and foremost of having a formal written plan. And the statistics we've shared on the show before say most people don't do it. According to Limra, on average, about 16% of the population has a formal written retirement plan. And when you talk about roadmaps, as we just did, John, you talk about things on paper, on purpose, it is very hard to know where you're going if you don't have a plan to get there. Scott, there's a verse in the Bible that basically says, which of you wishing to build a tower doesn't first sit down and count the cost to see if he has the resources to complete it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's great wisdom in that in just about everything that we do, but who knew the Bible was talking about retirement income planning? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I look at that and I go, this is just logical. You have to sit down and figure this out. And Janet, throughout our careers, we have seen people roll into to our office office and go, yep, I'm going to retire next week. What are you yeah. going to do? How's that going to work? Well, I don't know. I, I don't have any idea. You know, and, and, and they're, they're there, but they don't even know if they'll be able to make it or not. And, and a lot of times they're asking the wrong questions, like, how did I do in comparison to everybody else? Mm-hmm. The, the question, that. yeah, the, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. You beat some and some of them beat you. The, I mean, that's always the answer, right? You're not at the very top. You're not at the very bottom. It does not matter. But the question, let me go back to that, that verse in Luke. Um, who does not first sit down and count the cost to see if he has the resources to complete it? So if we're we're not talking about building a tower, we're talking about your retirement income. What resources do you have to complete, so to speak, your retirement income? You've got to be able to look at that. Sometimes it's pensions. Sometimes it's you know uh, lump sums, whether it's 401k or maybe even a lump sum from a pension. You've just got to look at what your resources are and how do you calculate that. You're about to go on vacation. Yes. So I would assume that once you get the, the van loaded up and everything and, and uh, you know all your stuff and everything, you're going to strike out to the northeast. My bet would be that you're going to check and make sure that the gas tank's full. Yes. And there's a high likelihood that when it gets close to empty, there's another gas station someplace along the way, right? Yes. So you know already that you're going to start off. You're not going to start with an empty tank and run out on the interstate five miles out of town. That is the same thing that happens a lot of times with retirement. You don't know where the gas station is, and you don't know whether you've got enough gas in the tank to even get there. I'll tell you, we... 
we did the, this is not normally the way we vacation but we actually have every hotel already reserved along the way because we started looking at things like months in advance and there were a lot that were already taken Yep. And I went, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, mm-hmm. if it's already, yeah. you know, booked this yeah. far out, yeah. we've just got to go, this is what we're doing on these days, and we're going to be in this location, and this is where we're going to stay. So it's it, all of those details are already handled. And then I thought, my husband and I were talking about it, normally where we've gotten on, you know, road trips is we pull out the iPad while we're traveling down the interstate and go, okay, what hotel do we want to stay at tonight? And we kind of mm-hmm. do it along the way. But that is so stressful. To not know, (laughs) you know, where are we going to be tonight? And we've often got grandmas traveling with us. And so it's like, okay, we need two rooms. We can't just do one. That type of thing. That stress to just know, all right, we already have the game plan. Every single bit of it is ironed out. We just have to look at the plan and go, where are we going today? And that's it. Yeah, and and I want to point out, uh, some people think they have a plan. A plan is not just a basket of products. Mm -hmm. Just like if you're building a house, you don't just show up to a piece of land with some tools and some lumber and go, okay, we're going to start building. You, you have there's usually <laughs> yeah. a written yeah. blueprint. That's right. And for the house, because you just yeah. start putting things up, and then all of a sudden, well, that's too small. That's too big. So same thing with your retirement. Yeah. You need to know. Uh, you need to know the reasoning behind why why you have what you have. The products are the materials. Yes, in that exactly. House project, exactly. Right? You got a pile exactly. of wood. You got a pile of metal. Yeah. They're yep. just piles yep. of yeah. material yeah. until you put them onto that house and they, they serve a purpose. I, let me share a story that kind of falls right in line with what we're talking about. Just recently had an appointment a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, with with a widow uh, who'd, who'd been widowed for two or three years, and she was living on uh, Social Security and a very small pension, mm-hmm. and she was forcing herself to live on that income because she has assets, but she had not applied those assets to any formal written plan. Wow. Those assets were somewhat invested. She had kind of a hodgepodge yeah. of products yeah. that she'd stopped in and basically yeah. bought like yeah. she'd been in a grocery store or a convenience store, and she had her assets set up in that fashion, but not in a in an income distribution way, any kind of a plan to find out how her assets could enhance her retirement. So she was just living on this small Social Security and small pension check because she didn't know how to do it. And that's right. the value, I think, of a formal written plan. Absolutely. And let's, let's talk about some of the common threads that are mm-hmm. in a yep. retirement income plan. Austin, the first thing is that that you got to have regular predictable mm-hmm. income because you got regular predictable bills. Yeah, yeah, you've got you got to look at what's that foundation that got to have it money that you have yeah. to have no matter what. I've still got it could be things as in food, gas, uh, could look at insurance. You still have to have car insurance or homeowners insurance even if your house yeah. is paid off. And so those things you got to weigh it on one side of the scale and the other side, do you have guaranteed income that's going to balance that scale out? And and when it comes to to looking at uh, further at the income plan, Janet, that you've got to have some strategies to deal with risk because yeah. risk is going to be with you no matter what you do. As long as you're breathing air, you got to deal with risk one way or the other. Yeah, I, and and I think a lot of people only think about when they think about their retirement income, they only think about investment risk. They don't think about a lot of other risks that are out there. What about longevity risk? What if you live longer than yeah. you thought you were going to? Are you investing appropriately so that your funds last for you? And then you also have inflation risk. And a lot of people don't think about that because w- when they're taking their money to the bank, they don't think about any risk at all, really. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if the bank is viable, they're going to get their money back plus a little bit of interest. But if it's not keeping up with inflation, if that is your retirement plan and not just your savings, then you have traded one risk for another. So I think it's just, it's, it's critically important to understand that there are lots of risks out there, and you just have to know which ones you're willing to accept, which ones you want to manage, transfer, etc. You've got to determine what to do with them. And another part of this retirement income plan can involve legacy planning. How much do you want to leave behind to your heirs? And that's something, when you talk about more personal, I don't think anything gets yeah. more personal yeah. than that. Yeah. And, and there are two types. A lot of people don't have much desire to leave money behind. A yep. lot of people do. There are some people who just don't think that's going to be possible. Right. And mm-hmm. when you get a written, uh, written plan in place, sometimes they're pleasantly surprised. 
Yeah, and you know, the, you you sit down with folks, and they they will say, "I want my last check that I write to bounce, and and make sure that uh, I've spent all my money, and I you know I got mine. The kids can get theirs, and that type of mentality. And then you have people that go, you know, I the, the Bible again says yeah. that that uh, a, a a good parent leaves a legacy to their children's children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you know, it really just depends, and that's the personal part of mm-hmm. this. There is no cookie. Cutter. There is yeah. no, you know, you've got to just do it just mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, and going back to uh, kind of the, the robo-advisor deal, talk about, Scott, what you're saying about leaving a legacy. Uh, some people I know uh, worked with a client where they don't have children, so it's, well, I don't have a legacy to leave. But the personalized touch is, well, okay, you could leave it to your church. You could leave it to a charity. Yeah, A robot probably is not going to go through that <laughs> outside-the-box strategy with you. So that's, right. that's that, again, that personal touch that uh, we're talking about. AI is getting good, but I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that good <laughs> for sure. So some of the things we're talking about in this segment as we, as we close in on uh, our next break – so are you in retirement? And when I think about that story that I, I shared a moment ago uh, of the widow who was forcing herself to live on just the fixed income that was coming in from Social Security and a small pension because she just didn't have a plan or an understanding of what her assets could provide her in income. Are you in retirement and wondering, how much can I spend? Or are you approaching retirement, wondering what kind of income you need, what kind of income you want, just really basically fashioning that retirement dream, that retirement idea in your head, and then if you have those needs and desires running through your head, how will it happen without a formal written plan? A Gen Wealth Advisor is ready to talk to you, 501-653-7355. Now, that's our main office number in Bryant. We have a lot of people call on Mondays. This is Saturday, so obviously the office is not open on the weekend, and this Monday it will not be open, actually. So if you call on Tuesday after the holiday, 501-653-7355. Anna Olive is our client introductory specialist. She'll talk to you, get a good idea of what your needs are, and match you with a Gen Wealth advisor that can best meet your needs. Also, location is considered there, so we'll tell you about our locations in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, Bryant, El Dorado, and Shreveport, Louisiana. So if you're hearing my voice today, chances are there is a Gen Wealth advisor very close to you. Well, when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to be sharing what John and Janet have called their worst appointment ever. You know, you have they have a new book coming out, we, have a, we don't have a release date yet, do we? Do we? No, I don't think we don't. so. It's getting close, though. We'll tell you about when that book is going to be released. But there's a story that they share in there that really highlights the need for that formal written plan. Making your retirement more personal. We'll continue right after this. Monday warrior, mean, mean strike. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Join us for one of our live events in your area. Go to getreadyforthefuture.com slash events for a calendar. More of the Get Ready for the Future show after this. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show from the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios. Finishing up our More in May theme, talking about your retirement should be more personal. Welcome back. I'm Scott Inman along with Janet Walker, John Shrewsbury, and Austin Evans in the broadcast booth here today. Halfway home on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we talked about before the break, sharing this story of what John and Janet call their worst appointment ever. Now, it's not going to be fun to hear, but it is very appropriate. It is very, uh, it gives, it's an education opportunity for our listeners, but it is going to be in a new book coming out. So we should first talk about that book, John, and kind of your your emphasis on writing it and then get into that worst appointment. Well, the the book is called Your Retirement Should Be More, and it really was born out of a conversation that I was having with, with Charlie Skinner at our El Dorado office because he was talking to me about someone that he had encountered, and they said that they had a, an account at XYZ Firm, and he said he was a young advisor at the time, and he said, well, if we can ever help you, let us know. And I was like, Charlie, wait a minute, you missed the point. Having an account doesn't mean they're going to really make it in retirement. Right. Their retirement is more than just investments. And so I was kind of coaching Charlie, you know, in his young advisor days about that. But I was also trying to emphasize this this wide spectrum that retirement 
really is versus the narrow pinhole almost yeah. that we see retirement through, which is just, it's just about my account. It's just about my investments. It's all about the rate of return and all of this type of thing. And you're just missing the point. So we felt like that we needed to say, hey, look, there is way more to this than just investments. Investments are important and we don't discount that. We do investments and we try to do them very, very well. But retirement is just more yeah it absolutely is so so one of the ways that it should be more is it's not about what's on your statement it's about being able to maintain your dignity and independence throughout retirement and that's what leads us into this story about a lady we met with years ago we're going to call her linda obviously that's not her name but for today it is and so here's the deal linda uh, she retired at the age of 50 back in the year 2000 we did not know her at that time the first time that we met her she was 57 years old so it was back in 2007 when she walked into our office the first time let me give you a little bit of background on her though she had had a very fruitful career and she had retired at the age of 50 with 1.3 million dollars now in the state of arkansas we talked about people comparing to you know how did i do compared to everybody else for most people in the state of arkansas if you've got 1.3 million dollars you're ahead of the game right so things should have been fine fine for her as far as what she thought about how she was going to do in retirement but john things were not that way seven years later when she walked in the door yeah you could tell that it wasn't going to be good when when linda walked in she was in desperate need of help she had literally watched her 1.3 million dollar portfolio dwindle and dwindle and dwindle down to three hundred thousand dollars yeah now that is in any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination is a big big decline and she is at, at the time she was as janet mentioned 57 years old three hundred thousand dollars now here's the deal she had the the desire apparently to retire at 50 and frankly she encountered a stockbroker who was really interested in investing her money. And so it was all about the investments. It was all about these high-flying stocks mm-hmm. and and all of this and these great rates of return. Look at what I did in the 90s and look at all this yeah. money that I've made people and all this type of thing. Well, Linda had a 401k plan. She also had a defined benefit pension program that actually had a cash balance to it, but she could have opted to take the payout of the pension. Now, that decision to take the the cash payout could be a good decision or it could be a terrible decision depending on what you do with it. Mm-hmm. So the decision that she make, made to cash out the pension program was not good or bad one way or the other in and of itself. Because we've done that with folks on a number of occasions, but it is the necessity to provide some alternative to the guaranteed income stream that's there. So let me let me put that in English for people who don't do this every day. If you have a pension, you have a guaranteed check. That check is going to come to your bank account every month. She had the ability to, instead of taking the pension, to take a lump sum and do something with it to recreate a monthly check. That's fine, but think about where they were. This was in time-wise, okay? At the point that she retired, it was 2000. Just as a point of reference, 2000, 2001, and 2002 were the three worst years our country had seen since the Great Depression, and she didn't have any guarantees in place on that income. But I can almost assure you, and I'm making a little bit of an assumption here because I wasn't involved in the conversation between Linda and the stockbroker, right. but I will be willing to bet you that the conversation went a little bit like this. Look, you're going to take out this percentage of return of, of, of income, but look at the returns that I've done over the last decade. Well, we all know the the decade of the 90s was an aberration. It, it really was outside what the norm was as far as returns in the market were concerned. And, and, and she engaged in what really is called rear view mirror investing. Yeah. It is like driving down the interstate with your sunscreen up and looking in your rear view mirror to see where you're going. It, right. it really does not make any sense. And so when this all occurred for Linda – 
then she gave away or, or, or stepped away from her guaranteed income and took her 401k and her defined benefit pension lump sum and invested it in these high-flying stocks. And then soon after that, those high-flying stocks began to struggle. And, and one of them actually disappeared from the American landscape, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, and so that's how she got from 1.3 million down to 300,000. It was the effect of the withdrawals that she was taking and the demise of those stocks and the, the downturn of the economy after nine 11, right. The downturn of the economy after the corporate scandals of 2001, 2002. Uh, also we had, uh, the, the whole, you know, issue prior to nine 11, the economy was getting to sputter a little bit. And, and so it was, as you mentioned, Janet, the worst three years since yeah. the depression. So she had also, uh, gone through a process of taking income in a unique way, meaning that she had retired prior to 59 and a half and when you do that and you're taking income from retirement assets there are some special hoops you have to jump through and frankly some commitments that you make to not stopping your income and not dramatically changing the income you can change it a little bit but there are some very strict rules on how it's changed and you can't change it often either so she she could not make the changes that would have kept the portfolio from depleting, she had to continue taking income at too high of a withdrawal rate. And she's 57 years old, so we knew Mm -hmm. this is going to completely deplete. And by the way, what we didn't know was this was in 2007. What we didn't know was what was right around the corner was 2008. There was no way to even know that. Yeah, and the other thing that is uh, a bit of a minor point here, but I do want to point it out, is that she was 50. Yeah. And if you think about longevity of yeah. a particularly a yeah. female, then you're looking at 85 to 90 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. That is a tremendous strain to put on almost any amount of money. And so literally, we just had to look at Linda after an analysis of the situation. We literally just had to look at Linda and say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I. I hope that none of our advisors ever have that experience in their careers, period. It is it is completely sickening, like we were physically ill over this. Because the, the deal was, it wasn't just that we can't help you now, but it was knowing that had somebody back in 2000, when she retired at age 50, had somebody cared enough to put together a written retirement income plan for her that dealt with all of these challenges that are possible. Not that we would have known that any of them were coming, but to have a plan that was prepared if they did, if somebody had done that in 2000, that, that conversation would have never happened. We had to tell her, I know you're 57, and I know that there is not a great job market out there for 57-year-old females who've been retired for seven years, but you're going to have to get a job. That's a sickening conversation, and and the sad part is it didn't have to happen. So what are your expectations for your financial advisor, if you have one or, or if you don't have one and you've just thought about what a financial advisor does? Is it just to invest your money? It should be more. There should be planning. It should be customized to you. 501-653-7355 is the number to call when the office is open on Tuesday to get in touch with the Genwealth Financial Advisor to just have that conversation. That first appointment is complimentary to talk about your needs and how we can customize a plan in retirement. Now, I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about the strategies that we employ here that are different than just investing it and withdrawing at some random arbitrary percentage. But I also want to talk about where we are in the markets right now. When you talk about the early 2000s, when you talk about 2008, and you've heard, John, we talk about it on the Fastest Four all the time. LPL Research is guiding us, and their uh, data, their research suggests the next 12 to 18 months, we're still in a bull market. But we know how long this bull market has lasted. So if we're Talking to people who are retiring in the next five years, we know we're closer to the end than to the beginning. Yeah, and we we hope that that there's some mitigation to this, but but obviously the bull market has got to end at some point in time. We hope it ends very calmly as opposed to tumultuously as it has in the past. But we also know the pressure of rising interest rates on the bond market is going to make bonds 
questionable as far as a, a safety area unless they're used properly right. for your retirement income. And so there is a bit of this perfect storm brewing out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm saying that you need to be prepared if it does. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to our conversation about Linda just a few moments ago, that there's no way that anybody could have known in 2000 what was before her. But there was an ability to prepare a plan that would deal with it. And Mm -hmm. and I think that's just wise planning. A lot of the websites that are out there to help you figure out how much you need to retire, they're focused on a number. What's your number? How big does your pile of money need to be at the end of your work life? And we believe, as we say all the time, that's the wrong number to focus on. The number to focus on is what's your income? What's your income need to be? What do you what do you want your income to be in retirement? That's the foundation of our retirement planning here at GenWealth. And we're going to get into that in the final segment right after this. Your retirement should be more, more than just investments, more about you, and more Get Ready for the Future show. Stay tuned for more. We've got Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. To find out more, visit our website at www.getreadyforthefuture.com slash events. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you're pulling up at Home Depot or Lowe's, don't get out of the car yet. You want to make sure you hear this last segment. No, that's okay. I know you got things to do. If you miss <laughs> any of the Get Ready for the Future show, look us up on podcast. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. That way you can listen to the whole Get Ready for the Future show on your time. Uh, but also, uh, hope you have a good time with that home improvement project. You, you do realize that there are people that are pulling up at uh, those right two locations right now. <laughs> they that tell are going, us that all the time. Yes. Yeah. They're going, they're looking around going, so you got a camera? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is common. I mean, we, uh, we yeah. have gotten that feedback in our, in our client meetings for many times that uh, that's, that's when they listen to the show on Saturdays. So it is available on podcasts. You can also find out anything you want uh, about Gen Wealth on our website, getreadyforthefuture.com, including how to sign up for our Gen Wealth Academy workshops, the next one's coming up June 19th, so as you get into summer and maybe you start to have a little more time on your hands, now the kids or the grandkids are out of school. I know vacations are probably being planned in there too, but if you have time on June 19th at 6.30, check us out. The Roadmap to Retirement, that's our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop, free to attend. All, you, all we'd ask is that you sign up on our website. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and at Gen Wealth FA is our Twitter handle, so follow us on Twitter uh, and find out some more educational opportunities as well. Final segment today on the show, we're talking about your retirement should be more personal. As we wrap up retirement or, or the month of May and more in May, and we've talked about the common thread to being more personal is having a customized written retirement plan. And we mentioned on the other side of that break that the number that we need to focus on is not how big your pile of assets is at the end of your work life. The number we need to focus on is what's your income? What does it need to be? And then what do you want it to be? Add those two together. We call it required income. And then once that is satisfactory, that is met in retirement, and we know that you're going to be able to get that on a monthly basis that's predictable, it's coming in to meet the expenses. Then we focused on how your assets can create your desired income in retirement. So if you go back to our last segment, and you talked about Linda and retiring into a bear market, the possibility of that uh, in the next few years. So if you have your assets invested in some sort of stocks bond mix, there's going to be some volatility in that. So if you are just basically creating your own plan or being told by a financial advisor that if you just pull out 3%, 4%, that you'll be fine because your rates of return will carry that through retirement. Is that really a good plan? Yeah, you've got you've to know one way or the other where you're going with this. And, and this whole idea of put some money in a portfolio and draw it out, you know, no one would do that in if they really understood the the logic behind the four percent rule let's call it so if you think about the four percent rule it says if you have a million dollars and you're going to draw four percent out that's forty thousand dollars but if you have a downturn in the market 
then you're looking at, let's say if the portfolio falls 50%, now you're down to $500,000. And your 4% is going to generate $20,000 in income as opposed to $40,000. That works on a spreadsheet. That portfolio will stay alive doing that. But it doesn't work at the kitchen table. Well, so if you're withdrawing, if you keep your income the same and you withdraw that forty thousand off of the five hundred thousand, then you're actually at an eight percent withdrawal rate now instead of a four percent. How long is your money going to last on an eight percent mm-hmm. withdrawal rate? So you've you've either got to do that to keep your income the same, and you're obviously going to deplete the rest of the money pretty quickly, or you have to say no, I'm going to stick to four percent. And 4% now of 500000 is $20,000 a year in yep. income instead of forty. And it sounds extreme when we say your portfolio dropped by 50%. But you know what it did in 2008? Mm-hmm. It dropped by 40 if you were just just in the market, and that's not right. how we yeah. handle it, but right. the market went down, the S and P went down forty percent. So you're talking about a million dollars going down to six hundred thousand. Your forty thousand goes down to twenty four thousand dollars. And and Austin, this really is kind of uh, what we call recency bias when people are gravitating uh, to let's say a market index because the S and P five hundred's done so well for mm-hmm. so long. Uh, well, it has until it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. The the market for the past nine years has made every financial advisor look like a brilliant genius out there just because of how great it's been. But what what's your plan when it turns around? Because yeah. it, it will at some point. And I tell people, you, you in essence, have to almost name your money. You know, if you don't name your money, yep. your money will name itself. And, and that becomes a very dangerous, slippery slope you go down. So how do you get around that? Well, we use the income for life model. You probably, if you listen to the show much, you've probably heard us talk about this planning strategy. We use software. And that's why we talked about in the last segment, you have to know what your income is. That's where it starts, guys, is coming up with what your required income needs are. That's the foundation of your retirement income house. Those needs are still going to be there. Those expenses in retirement are still going to be there. They're not going to go away and, oh, newsflash, they're going to go up. Yeah. 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 And so that has to be the first step. And then we get into the desired income. Well, and, and I want to say one thing about uh, you mentioned that, that the income for life model is software driven. This is the, the merger between human yeah. and robo. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the merger between the, the uh, math that is necessary to make this work and the emotional intelligence to yeah. actually yeah. Yes. apply it to your particular situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Austin and I spent this week one day – how many hours were we uh, working? Probably on? two or three hours, I would say. In two one or three day. hours, yeah. and 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 that didn't get everything. No, completed. we're not completely done yet. Um, and that was on uh, on an existing mm-hmm. client, so they've already got investments. So that's not even starting from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's just to go. Okay, they're getting really close. We have to look at the plan. And where are yeah. we? What what needs to be reworked? And we look at things that you know really we have no control over. Mm-hmm. For example, there's a pension that's going to be coming in at <laughs> age sixty, but putting that into the plan. But how does that impact? everything else in there and, mm-hmm. and looking at social security and helping them determine when do you need to take it because that is going to have an impact one way or the other on the value of your portfolio mm-hmm. are we using your portfolio to bridge the gap to social security or using social security to bridge that, the that's, gap that's to all portfolio. part of your plan yeah you know, just what you're talking about social security something minor there how many was 86 different possible claims yeah 86 different there. ways to claim and it. social yeah. security cannot give you advice on that because that's considered investment advice and that's they right. just take whatever you tell them and that can be extremely overwhelming if you don't have a plan how to work with that and if you have to bridge a gap what do you do at that point as well i want to get into a little bit about the the desired income and the investment strategy that is behind that that we employ using the income for life model as we enter our last few minutes of the broadcast because one of the things we talked about was that withdrawal rate and when you talk about equities may be plunging, people may be going, well, then I'm not going to be in equities. But that's not a good solution either because that has its own risk. We still believe in equities. We believe you have to believe in equities, but it's where you position that part of your portfolio. Equities historically have given us long-term benefit, but short-term, let's call it uh, car sickness. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's a good word. And, And so, you know, you can get scared out of equities 
and missed the boat. People did that in 2008, and we see that they have really uh, just – uh, really sold themselves way short yeah. in terms of what the performance has been since then. I, I think the challenge is, l- let's go back to the million-dollar portfolio. People look at that million dollars as all-in or all-out. You mm-hmm. know, this is how I'm investing yep. the million. We don't look at the million as the million. We've got to take that million and break it down and go, you know what? In the first five years, you're going to need this much money. And how are we going to treat that money? Because that's your segment one. That is your grocery money. And your grocery money for the first five years does not get treated the same as the money that you don't need until you're 25. And so we invest it very differently. And and that's how people who think they have a plan and it's just a basket of products, that's kind of how they view it. That's where that all all or nothing mentality, I, I believe, stems from. And the beauty of that is, is I've as I've worked through a few of these plans recently, we can build an income plan that provides a monthly income adjusted for inflation over the course of your retirement. But the beauty of that is, is you don't have to spend it. You know, it's it's generating that. You you can put it in, into a uh, lump sum savings plan to buy a new car. You know, that's right. the other thing too. Right. This is desired income. So sometimes when you figure it out into a monthly basis, people are going, well, I may want to take a trip. I may not. This plan is working for you if you need it on a monthly basis. It's working for you if you need it on an annual basis. We break this down between required income and desired income. And what you're talking about is desired income. And I will tell you what you desire your income to do in retirement is to increase. That's right. Because if it doesn't increase, you're going to be behind the curve. You're Mm -hmm. going to be struggling when you go to the grocery store, you know, five, ten years down the road. You don't see that today. You don't think about it today. But rewind the clock and think about trying to live today on the salary that you Mm -hmm. made 10 or 15 years ago. It doesn't work. You, yeah. you, things are just more expensive, and you've got to have a retirement plan that takes that into account. Social Security, cost of living raise, what is it? It's always got a decimal point by it, usually, and it's usually <laughs> offset by the rise in Medicare premium. Yeah. Few pensions have uh, cost of living raises built in. So what are you going to do about inflation? And if you're in totally safe investments, you know, John and I were talking in the fastest four about interest rates rising. Well, that's good for savers. You might be able to get 1%. But if the inflation rate's four, you're not even treading water. That has to be a big part of it. It does. It is incredibly complex. And I think we go back to the start of the show where we were talking about, you know, why a machine can't do this. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is incredibly personal because your retirement should be more personal. It should be tailor-made, designed for you. You know, you can go and buy a suit off the rack, Mm -hmm. or you can go have one tailor-made for you. I will tell you that that you will feel way better with yes. the tailor-made suit than you do with yes. the one off the rack. So we asked this question earlier. In retirement, are you in retirement wondering how much you can spend? Do you need a plan to figure that out? Are you approaching retirement wondering what kind of income you need and you want and wondering if your assets can make it happen? We'll dial this number, 501-653-7355. That will get you in touch with a GenWealth Financial Advisor. We are out of time. Check out our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com, and join us again next week for the Get Ready for the Future show. Have a great holiday weekend. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. 